Hey, everybody, this is a rebroadcast from uh, back in May of 2017, but it's a really fun and important podcast. We discuss why figuring out our partner will cause frustration, but why staying present with every new experience will create intimacy. We use a post from fellow coach Jason Gaddis, and we discuss why it's important to ride the waves with your partner rather than trying to control their emotional expression and why unpredictability can be just as connecting as predictability. We share a recent communication, explain why labeling family members is detrimental, and practice saying toy boat really fast without messing up. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Here we go. My name is Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 378. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show... It's very relationship um, heavy. Oriented. Very spouse heavy. Partner heavy. Partner heavy. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, we're going to have my quick takes. You got any quick takes today? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Depends on what yours are. Okay. And then, um, so yeah, that's kind of the deal. But first, I want to uh, just give you guys an update on Zen Talk. What are we calling it now? Well, it's there's still team, Zen talks, team Zen. but the people who have subscribed, they are we're calling them Team Zen because I was I was sending like emails to them and I kept saying, "Hey subscribers," and that just sounded really lame. That was kind of a weak applause. So, Let me try that again. Okay. Yes, there much better. That's for Team Zen. So anyway, Team Zen. Let me just explain because this is new, and I know people are probably like, "Yeah, what are you doing?" But here's what we're doing. Todd and I wanted to offer more a month, every month for people, because the email that we get the most is do more podcasts. Okay. So we wanted to do something a little more interactive because really people have questions, right? So what Team Zen is or what a Zen talk is, is where you subscribe and you can be a part of three um, live talks with us every month. And we've already had two and they've been wonderful. Basically, we show up and on video, on video, on Zoom technology, and people ask questions and we answer them. And And we could see some of the people that are asking, and some people hide the camera. Yeah, because it's we're using this technology called Zoom, where all you have to do is click a link and it's super easy. But some people like to they they can show who they are. Some people you don't have to. Some people call in. It's so it's so simple. There's a lot of different ways of asking questions. Totally. Like if you subscribe, I you. Believe me, you'll be like, oh, this is so simple. Um, But not only that, not only do we have those three live calls, but we, um, through email, we interact with these subscribers, um, these wonderful people. And it's this team of Zen parents who have questions and who want community and who want more discussion around the things that matter most. And so it is $25 a month. Um, and if you want to be a member of this team Zen, all you have to do is go to zenparentingradio.com, click on events and you'll find it right there. And you also, uh, add, you know, random emails of resources. Sure. And- if there's a book I love, I send it to subscribe, not the full book, but I send an email to the subscribers saying, here's this or an article, or here's something that Todd and I are doing, or actually we just sent out a bunch of t-shirts to our subscribers for yeah. free. Yeah. Just for the heck of it. Just because we love you guys. Just because we love you guys. So if you subscribe like in May, I will send you all of the um, 
the Zen Talks from May. Right. And if you wait till June, then June first is when your subscription starts. That's the cutoff. So, um, you know, but it's every month, and all you do is subscribe, and it continues. And we're gonna we're having fun with it. So who knows what it'll turn into? Yeah, we're just kind of letting it organically unfold. So join Team Zen. So the other quick take I have is the. Uh, you sent me an email or maybe it was a Facebook message of uh, Arrested Development is coming back for like a sixth season yes. on Netflix or whatever. George Michael. And you remember how, what resource you found to get that information? What resource I found? It was dude. the Bob Blah Blah Law Blog. <laughs> it's the Bob Blah Blah Law Blog. Okay. So... You guys who watch Arrested Development, those of you who don't, you're, this is you'll be like, "What is this?" Yeah, but there's a Skip character. Skip over the next thirty seconds. <laughs> there's a character. Um, it's actually Scott Bayo, who I'm not a huge fan of lately. I know, got to be honest. But he is on Arrested Development, and his name is Bob B O B, and his last name is Loblaw, spelled L O B L A W. So I want everybody right now to say Bob Loblaw. Bob Loblaw. <laughs> This, this Facebook page is called the Bob Loblaw Law, Law Blog. Law, L-A-W-B-L-O-G. Bob Loblaw. So say the whole thing. Bob Loblaw Law Blog. Very good. The Bob Loblaw Law Blog. Because <laughs> he's a lawyer on Arrested Development. And he does these commercials. We get most of our resources from the blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. So oh, speaking of. The toy so, boat? Yes. Okay. So, so you do it. I don't know. Our kid said, say toy boat as fast as you can, as many times as you can. You go first. So I'm going to say it. So the two words are toy and boat. Toy boat, 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 toy boat. That was pretty good. Actually, that was really good because I kind of suck. Toy boy, toy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Toy okay, boat. wait, let me, let me, hold on. Yeah, re, re, reframe. Toy boy. No, I can't, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boy, toy boy. <laughs> so everybody stop the podcast and do that yourself. And it's funny. It'll make you You know what laugh. you have to do? What? You have to see the words in your mind. If you see them, then you'll say the T's. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boy. No, really? <laughs> Is that how you do it? All right. Um, so I posted something on Facebook last night and then we'll get into the guts of it. Uh, okay. Um, Tim Tebow is a former NFL football player. I think he's trying to play baseball for the Mets. He's just like a freakishly good athlete. Right. But he wasn't uh, good enough to have a sustainable career in the NFL. He was just too small. I think he won the Heisman. I was going to say he was a quarterback. Don't you feel like that's such a quarterback thing? Like you can be a great quarterback oh, in yeah. college? Good quarterbacks in college do not translate into good quarterbacks in the NFL because you need to be a certain physical stature to play against the monsters that are in the NFL. Doug Flutie. Well, he was, uh, he was an outlier. But he didn't do well yes, he in did. the NFL. He did? Sure he did. I thought he, he got... He played for the Bears. He played for a bunch of people. He had a, he had a long career with oh, the NFL. okay. I thought he, he didn't He actually played for the well. Canadian Football League first because nobody thought he could make it. And he's so small, but he had an extraordinarily good arm, wow. which is weird. Okay. So anyways. So um, I've been kind of tracking Tim Tebow just like every other sports fan for the last, whatever, five or 10 years, whatever it is. And he kind of gets a bad rap from the sports community because he's always talking about his faith, which sometimes annoys people. And he uh, has kind of this childlike enthusiasm that mm -hmm. a lot of people make fun of. Mm -hmm. But every time I turn around, the guy's either saying something kind or doing something kind towards something else. So this is him talking to Jimmy Fallon. I'm just going to play about 10 seconds of it or maybe 20 uh, of just something that he's doing. So here we go. Tim Tebow talking to Jimmy Fallon. By it. I think it's so cool that you do this. Uh, I, I, uh, Tim Tebow Foundation. Yeah. 
And what is the thing, you do have a thing called Night to Shine. Yes. And what is this again? Well, Night to Shine is a worldwide prom for people with special needs. So and worldwide. So you, have, so you have a worldwide prom. We have a worldwide prom the Friday before Valentine's Day. And at the same time, all around the world, in every state, this past year in 11 countries, over 375 locations at one time, um, kids with special needs are being celebrated. They're walking down red carpets. They're being cheered for. And it's my favorite night of the year. All right. There's Tim. So it's something he started, I think. Yeah. You know, maybe it's because his version and I'm, I'm not saying it's the only version, but his version of healthy masculinity doesn't quite blend with the t- the, rough and the, tough. the rough and tough masculinity. That could of be it. I don't know what it is. And, and so anyways, I just hats off to him. Yeah. He's awesome. If someone's doing good stuff like that, you got to give them kudos. Well, and I like to uh, do um, a quote of the day at the end of the show, but I'll say it right now. Okay. And it's by Paulo Coelho, who mm-hmm. wrote what? The Alchemist. Very good. The world has changed by your example, not by your opinion. Correct. I know. You know? Well, especially That's right everything. now. everything. Especially right now. There's such great, like, there's there's a lot of mimicry right now of people who are like, well, I'm just going to post that. Yeah. And I'm just going to yell at people about that. And I'm just going to, you know, go out in the world and have a dinner party and tell everybody my opinion. That's great to have an opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. But what are you all, doing? If that's all you're doing, yeah. then, then there, there's... There's more than you can do. There's there's more you can do. Right. There is room for because here's the thing, having a talk, you know, like old thing that people say, talk is cheap. Like talk is one thing, and you can say I believe in this, and I believe in this, and I believe in this. Well, then what aspect of that are you trying to make a difference in? Yeah. Because trying to convince other people to think the way you do, it can only. I mean, maybe you'll have some luck with that if you have really valid points, but for the most part. There's action that needs to be taken. What did Gandhi say? Be the change you want to see Correct. in the world. He didn't say talk about. He didn't change. say Facebook post about things that you want to change. That's right. So anyways, so um, this is the part of the show. I'm really excited because I'm going to read uh, parts of this Facebook post, speaking of words. <laughs> well, that, this actually made a difference, That right? made a difference mm-hmm. for me. So if uh, if there's any, you know, wives or moms out there, because most of our listeners are wives and moms, but we get a ton of guys too, but just more wives and moms. This is what I think is an important entry into the Relationship 101 discussion. Yes. And let me say this first, because you're saying wives and moms, partners, uh, women who are single, uh, women who are divorced. It really doesn't make any difference right. what your status is. What this is about, did I did I send this to you? Yes. Okay. Is about the way we perceive the women in our lives and the way that we understand them. From a from a masculine male perspective. A healthy masculine Correct. perspective. So this is, I got to give cro- uh, crops. Give crops. <laughs> I got to give crops to the, <laughs> the author. No, the props goes to this guy who never heard of, but he's got a website. It's jasongaddis.com. J-A-Y-S-O-N Gaddis, G-A-D-D-I-S.com. It's just a random Facebook post, but it really touched me. Um, so here we go. And we're going to break it down by uh, paragraph, sweetie. So I'm going to read the paragraph and you're going to respond. You got it? I got it. So he is addressing all men. So this is to all the men. If you ever feel like your woman is a moving target, 
She probably is. And if you ever find yourself wanting a predictable female partner, be careful what you wish for. In my experience, my wife is far from predictable. She's not simple. She's complex. She's like origami. But just when I figure out her origami pattern, she morphs into a new origami puzzle. Not surprisingly, this frustrates me, yet some part of me wants her to be a simple puzzle that I can figure out like a Rubik's Cube. That way, I don't have to stay present. Yes. What are, what are your two cents? And then I'll give you my two cents. Well, um, let's see. I mean, the, the end of it is the most powerful because I think it's the most honest. I think that the reason that that's so important is because there's a lot of validation that comes from those first sentences, which is... I think there, I've been doing this for so long with you that it's hard to remember feeling differently where I felt as if I should be a certain way all the time, but there's still remnants of that in me. Sure. I mean, it definitely still shows up, but I think there's this belief system that women who actually have a change in their mood or a change in the way they feel about something or a change in their perspective on something is somehow being difficult. And that if one day something bothers them and the next day it doesn't or vice versa, that they're somehow being too sensitive or being too, too dramatic or not taking responsibility for feeling the same way all the time. Sure. And to me as a woman, especially somebody who who feels a lot, that is com- completely um, impossible yeah. <laughs> to grasp feeling the same way about something all the time when what shifts my mood is whatever's happening to me personally at the time, whatever whatever's going on in the environment and experience that I had, my mood is very based on present time. I can't just, I mean, I can wake up and have a, I actually just posted something on Instagram today saying, today's a good day to have a good day, right? Mm. I can wake up and be like, this is my intention. Yeah. But I can't control the experiences that I'm going to have or the emotional fluctuations. And, they're, and, and again, it's even reframing that an emotional fluctuation is good yeah, because you're actually then in tune with your environment. You're attuned to the present moment. The reason why that's so important is because I think what Jason is saying here is quit trying to figure out this person and say, this is how they feel about this. And this is what I, they expect from me because this is a human being and not a robot that you're programming. Right. And my hardwiring is, you know, this is my hardwiring. This is not my prefrontal cortex talking. This is my reptilian brain talking. I do want to solve. Well, reptilian is fight or flight. Okay. Well, this is not, this is my mature, this is not my mature way of approaching it. It's your basic thinking. My basic thinking is, uh, if it worked this day, then it should work correct, the next day. Correct. So, like you said, stuff like me said stuff uh, like this to me. Of you know, I'm like trying to connect with you when you're having a bad day, and you're, and I ask you what's wrong, and you don't want to talk about it, and then I like immediately back off mm-hmm. immediately, and then you say something like, "I can't believe you gave up that easily." Mm-hmm. And as m- my brain is like, "Wait a second, you told me to back off." This mm-hmm. is like, I think what you're saying is completely truthful and I'm going when you say give me a little space I'm going to do that so so you say something like you know don't give up so easily keep trying like wake me up Mm because when I'm having a bad day the first try may not work Mm -hmm. and then there's other days when you're like hey man I just really need some space Mm -hmm. and I need to be intuitive which does not come natural to me to know which of those approaches I should take and just the way I say that it's not really even that it's not the healthy way of doing it because I am trying to solve You're you still trying as to a puzzle, it out. as mm-hmm. opposed to deep, honest 
presence Mm -hmm. with what is going on between you and I. Instead, I'm trying to go back into my files, Mm -hmm. my computer files Mm -hmm. of my brain saying, okay, what do I do here? Mm -hmm. What do I say here? Instead of just being there. And check it. Right. I think some language that you just used that I want to make sure that we point out is you just said, when you say that to me, I believe you're being entirely truthful. Mm -hmm. And I am. Mm -hmm. In that moment. In that moment. And and again, let me, because I, I, obviously I'm present for these conversations that you and I are having. I will be sitting there in the office. I'm struggling. I'm like, you know, really struggling. And you'll say, what's wrong? And I'll say, I don't know, or I'm I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling, and you'll be like, okay, and and not that you don't yeah. do it like that. I used to like, though. I'd be like, okay, you'd be I'm like, gonna okay. go clean the kitchen. And I'm gonna go watch TV, and or- you'll turn around, you'll start typing again, and I'll be like, okay, you totally just gave up on this conversation because I don't know, but that doesn't mean it's over. I don't have anything to share because I need more help continuing right. to talk. Because sometimes when you're stuck or you're in fear or you're sad. It's hard to be so vulnerable to just crack open your own heart, and you need someone to want you to crack open your heart, and then you feel accepted. Now, the the difference of the other example you gave of you come home, and this happens a lot lately because I've been you know dealing with some things with my family, and it's hard. It's hard, like where I in pain, and I will come home. And you will say, do you want to talk? And I'll say, I cannot talk right now. Mm -hmm. I cannot have this discussion. That is completely different than I don't know Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling. Right. But I, but I don't get the, I I don't get the context of it. I just hear the words as if all emotion and everything is stripped away. Right. (laughs) So what this is teaching me, and this is a work in progress for me as the husband, I need to be more intuitive, which is not does not come as naturally to me as it does to you. And right. I have a feeling there's a lot of couples out there, whether it's male, female, or masculine, feminine, whatever words you want to use, can relate to this. Well, and I think the first, like I was trying to set this up, the most important thing is recognizing that having emotional fluctuations or not responding the same time, the same way every time is okay. Because why that belief system is so important first is because then you're not judgmental when the experience is is happening. From a woman's perspective, because she has been sometimes from the time she was very little told that her emotional fluctuations bother everybody right. and that her her inability to maintain this kind of numbed out place right. makes everybody crazy. Right. She has learned that the emotional fluctuations that she has are bothersome or burdensome and that she doesn't want to share them. Yeah. When, so we need to uh, those us guys need to understand that that's why you are the way you are. Well, and and I'm even talking about the women first. And again, like you said, we don't really need to be gender specific because there may be bo- uh, boys who are raised this way and men who have this yeah, problem too. Yeah, could be flip flop. There could be a man who is complicated right. like this, and the woman is more direct. Who feels stifled emotionally, regardless of the gender. But it because I work with women, yeah, I talk about women, keep, right. Um, is that it's okay that if women can accept that about themselves first, then it will be easier for men to accept those fluctuations. We have to, as women, own Uh, our experience rather than because what do we do instead? I'm sorry. I feel this way. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm a burden. Or you just feel like you should be somebody else. Correct. We may not even use the words, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We have, and I have, definitely. But there are also times that we just 
completely break down so, and don't talk. So about you're it. telling women, own it. Yes. This is who you are. This is who you are. And this is how you're feeling. And that doesn't give you permission, just like I, we would say to our children, to beat up on people, to hit people, to hurt people, to go for the Achilles, to attack people. No, mm. you don't have permission to do that. But you do have permission mm. to feel the way you feel. And that if you are struggling to say something, to say to your partner, Literally, because I say this to Tidal Latin, it's very hard. I literally can't say this yet yeah. or help me get this out. And, as, and to be my macho masculine guy, be like, well, just say it. Right. You know, and you guys are like, no, it's not the way it works. And we're like, if there's something on your mind, say it. And, and let's break down why. It's not just this women, this woman challenge. It's not a game. When you are about to be vulnerable – and your whole life you've been taught to be protective or you've gone out into the world wearing your armor, mm. right? To take that armor off takes some degree of acceptance in the room. Environment. And acceptance with the person you're with so you then can – because I envision like you're literally breaking open your chest and saying, here's my heart and here's what I'm feeling and I'm afraid of what you're going to think about me. So if there's no acceptance in the room, and if you have, and again, I'm just playing, Todd, if you have your earphones in and you're just would rather be typing something and you're kind of just on the fly saying, how are you? Well, I'm not going to bust open my chest in that right. moment because right. I'm not going to, the environment is not set up yet to be accepted. Right. I understand. Just, and and okay. I want to jump around okay. a little bit because uh, I also, uh, Terry Real is a, a psychologist or Psychotherapist. I don't know the difference between those two terms. I probably should, but um, <laughs> you can be a psychologist and a psychotherapist. Okay, whatever. He's an awesome guy. Okay. Who, so I was on this webinar that he did, and it goes directly to what we're saying. He said that retaliation. I'm talking about the women who, instead of own their who they are, mm -hmm. own they, their emotions, they instead retaliate in a negative way. Correct. Retaliation is safer than request. Correct. Complaint has no vulnerability. A request does. Correct. So when we say complaint, complaint means when a woman just yells at a guy. Or a man. Or, or, um, or yeah. Yeah. Right. But for this, to be, so we don't have to keep qualifying. Can we just go with a typical scenario? We can, but I'm just being careful because but, to say when a woman yells at a guy, but we're, when a partner. We've said this. We've, let's qualify that this is in, in, in typical situations. There are opposites that happen too. Correct. Okay. And, and I in just to, and I will go with this because it's going to slow our conversation. I understand, down. but the reason why it's important in this scenario that you're bringing up, I'm not going to do this every single time, but is because sometimes a man, and I'm not talking about a man does something like a woman does. A man can sometimes be worse at this because they will talk about it and be like, "Oh, my wife, she's so annoying," and then go home and be numb. Right. So this is not a woman got thing. It, got it, do you got see it. what yeah, I mean? I do. So okay. you're saying that, yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to qualify so everybody. Got feels it. comfortable. Got it. Got it. Okay. I understand but now. now for go with what you're saying, a woman. So retaliation is safe for the, yeah, because you're right. This is, yeah. a, men do this too. Correct. They will go, I'm picturing on the golf course. My, my wife drives me crazy. She complains all the time, blah, 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 blah. She, That's a he, complaint. He goes home and then she'll be like, he'll, you know, he won't say anything to her. He won't say, right. I'm struggling. I don't feel connected. He'll just go He'll go through the motions of his life. Because it requires vulnerability Correct. for me to make a request to my wife Correct. about whatever it is that I'm complaining about. I don't feel about. seen, honey. I don't right. feel like you're recognizing what's happening with me. I don't mm -hmm. feel like you're paying attention to me. So then we can't, whether it's men or women, can't be mad for not getting something you never asked for in Correct. the first place. Correct. 
So anyways, that's Terry. Now, why that's so important, Todd, is we have said on this show a million times that Todd and I both find in in when I'm doing therapy with people and when Todd's doing coaching with people that people will come in and they often talk about their partnerships, right? And there's the commentary of, well, I'm having all these problems and my my spouse drives me crazy or, um, you know, I can't believe he does this to me or she does this to me. And then we'll say, when you bring this up, how do they respond? And the reaction is, well, I, I haven't told them this yet. Yeah. And so it's very hard in a clinical setting or in a coaching setting to go much further with that yeah. because unless you've taken, like he says, the risk of the um, turning it from a complaint into a request, there's nothing to work with mm-hmm. because a complaint is the easy way. Safe. It's safe and you get validation from other people. Oh, yeah, my husband's a jerk too. Well, that's a whole, uh, whole other thing. We In our men's group last week, we talked about personal responsibility and one thing that I shared that I read was that we complained to the wrong people. Correct. Yes. Because it's safer. It requires no vulnerability. So let's go to the second paragraph. I'll go ahead. And one more thing. Why do we do this? Okay. Again, because it's always like, let's not stay on the surface of it. Why do we complain to other people instead of ask for the request? It's the same vulnerability experience because if we ask for the request and we are not, that is the truth of the moment. Mm -hmm. So that's when you're raw. When I say to you, I need you to keep asking me what's wrong. Mm -hmm. That is my most childlike truth. I could have never done that as a child. I could have never said to my parents when they'd come to my room and say, oh, you're crying. What's wrong? And I'd be like, nothing. And they'd be like, okay. I didn't have the capability to say, please come back. And probably not in your 20s either. Oh, gosh, no. In your 20s, you're even more like tough. Right. So you probably opened up, what, your mid-30s? Mid-30s, for sure, is when I would take that risk. And then each time you take that risk, it builds becomes, a muscle. It bu- a, builds a muscle. B, makes a more realistic and uh, authentic. authentic and honorable relationship between you and I because we're actually saying what we feel. Yeah. And you know it's a lot easier to bring my heart and, and share yeah. it because I know it is safe. But again, the environment has to be correct for me so to if do I, that. So if I have my headphones on and I'm typing on my computer. That's not good. Not a good. So second paragraph, and this may kind of regurgitate what we're saying, but I th- thought it was important. Uh, this is the guy um, this is the guy talking to other guys. I can automate her and check her check it off my list and tell myself I've solved her. But the, fr- but the frustrated little boy in me, as well as the grown man, wants it to be easier sometimes. Can't you be more like me, honey? I'm a straightforward, predictable guy. Yet, thankfully, my wife continues to remind me that I am vast and my love is bigger. I can continue to learn to embrace her as she is. And what if I never figure out the puzzle and have her mastered? Well, if that's the case, we both win because I stay present and in student mode, which keeps me attentive, listening, searching. Instead of a dull blade, my sword gets sharper over time because I need to stay agile. I feel like that's where I am right now. We've been married 15 years and we're still working on this, but I'm getting better at it. Right. And and when you say still working on it, not working on it to figure it out, it is you will always be working on it. Right. But I feel like my ability to cultivate presence and to ah. be in the room with you emotionally, I don't think my sword was as sharp five years ago Gosh, no. or even a year ago. No. So so to the guys out there, it's not your your wife is not a puzzle to figure out, even though there are times when I wish I could mm-hmm. assemble the pieces and know how to help you in every single way, but that's not the way it works. Well, what you want to do is, you know, and this is what the definition of mastery is, 
is I am going to take all these things she's told me and like you said, file them away. And then whatever she says to me, I'm going to pull one of them out. Right. Now, there's nothing surfacy inherently wrong with that. You can try and start with that, but it may not fit perfectly because every situation is a new one. Right. You can't say, oh, she's mad about this, so I'm going to say these perfect words and then she'll be fine. Or, oh, she is happy about this, so I'm going to do that. That is trying to – that. there's not – there's no humanity in that. Mm-hmm. There's just solving the problem. Well, and the quickest uh, – this might come out badly, but the best shortcut to this mm-hmm. is presence. Correct. And what is presence? My definition, as it stands today, of presence is being aware of what's going on around you without judgment, Mm -hmm. which is a really challenging thing to do because I got my emotional baggage, you got your emotional baggage, it's an emotionally charged situation. So to be aware of what's going on around me without judgment is challenging, but at least I know what I'm shooting for Mm. now. Well, and what you're shooting for is the moment and not the mastery of the of it the Meaning result the re- there's like two different things there's i know because what you said is really important in this moment what's most important is my presence my willingness to ask ask questions my willingness to be wrong possibly because that's something too that can really throw off a partner is or i'll speak about you and i is if you come at me and you say something that you think is helpful and I say in some way that wasn't helpful at all, right. then you are you can go defensive yep. and be like, well, I'm trying – you don't say this, but there's a sense of, well, I'm trying and so I'm just going to shut down now. For the guys out there who are, try this the first time and it doesn't work out, guys, it's going to take a long time for you to struggle through this before – Anything works. And every time is different. Right. And so every conversation, it's not, again, I, I feel like I'm saying this in a million different ways, but I, I have to keep saying it so we understand. One of the things that we talk about a lot is how when you have an issue in your relationship, it is not, um, it is not going to be solved in a conversation. It may come up again. And again and again, because what a lot of my clientele will say to me is we already argued about this and I thought we resolved it and now we're talking about it again. And then I'm like, it's not yeah, resolved. correct. What, what, why is that surprising to you? Well, it should have been resolved. And you know what it's similar to, Todd? Let's mm. bring in parenting. I told my children to put their shoes away and yesterday they didn't do it. Yes. I've been telling Skylar to put her waffles away for six years. And that doesn't mean that that we should be happy about that and that we quit, it means that sometimes things take consistency and presence and recognizing what's going on within the situation rather than making the assumption that because you said it once, everybody should do what you say. There's a narcissism in that. There's a feeling of everyone should be revolving around what my needs are right now. And instead, it's, it's presence and it's presence on both sides. Like, Jason, who wrote this, and you're the one who are bringing this up and you're talking to men and saying, be present for this origami Mm -hmm. situation where it's not always what you think it is and you have to be willing to allow it to be brand new. Yeah. Allow it to be brand new every time. Every time. time, Which is really frustrating to me as a problem-solving guy. The last argument you and I got in uh, a week or two ago, what I found that my frustration was is because... I have been having my own emotional experiences and you've been so helpful. 
but you had decided you Todd's very like structured about his week like this is what I'm going to do every day and I kind of move I like feel my way through every day and Todd's like so Todd said to me at the beginning of the week you and I are going to have lunch on Friday and that's our plan you know he's like I'm making a plan I'm going to see you I'm going to have lunch with you one day a week I'm going to have lunch or do something with the girls one day a week and he was excited about his plan because it feels good right to have a plan mm-hmm. But the feeling that I had throughout the week is that every time we would start a conversation, Todd would kind of stop it, not in, not intentionally, like he wouldn't say, Kathy, I'm going to stop this. But it was almost like he had postponed me till Friday. Mm. Like, I'm not going to deal with you until we have lunch. Like, I was checked off the list until then. Right. There's no presence in that because I can't wait till Friday. And on Friday, I don't know where you're going to be, where I'm going to be and what's happening right now is what's happening right now. Right. So I can't tuck that away on Tuesday afternoon and say, okay, now there are times in life where you have to. we have to because yeah. if we have small children or whatever, Forget we're like, it. okay, we have date night tomorrow night. Yeah. We'll talk about it then. It, it, again, this Once is- Once again, this is not a this is not black simple. and white thing. But for those of us who have the opportunity to have a conversation in the moment, it's so much more valuable to at least begin it or acknowledge it. I felt in my own vulnerability- and I was able to share this with Todd before, that he was like checking me off the list. Like, as long as I'm seeing Kathy on Friday, I don't need to deal with her during the week. Well, what's interesting about that, and then I want to talk about our first partner because uh-huh. we're halfway through, uh-huh. is um, I don't think that I was intentionally checking you off the list. I think I was just exemplifying what is non-presence in the moment, but it wasn't. It, I wasn't doing it because I knew Friday was coming. It Friday was coming regardless. Uh-huh. I just happened to not be present that week. Okay, interesting. You know? So they were they were so like they they, were, they weren't were even related. Okay, cool. I just wasn't there. Yeah. All right. Before we uh, move on, I do want to talk about uh, our partner of the day, and that is Newsdrop. Uh, Newsdrop's an app on my phone that summarizes the top news of the day. It's quick to read, and the content is unbiased and accurate. It's simple, but it's fantastic for those of us who want to take a news diet and get a break from all the noise. Stay smart by reading short and optimized news summaries of the world's top stories, made for quick reading, factual coverage, and maximum relevance. Two things that convinced me to partner with Newsdrop— Uh, trusted sources, their editors carefully assess the stories and sources based on global impact, relevance, and potential bias. If it hasn't been covered by reputable sources, you won't find it on Newsdrop. And then secondly, focus on what matters. Don't sweat the unimportant stuff. They do the hard work of reading tons of news stories and delivering only the most significant headlines so you can do more productive things instead. Read news faster, news made for skimmers, download the Newsdrop on your iPhone today. Third paragraph. Shorter. Okay. Ooh, there's more. Yeah, there's more. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you develop yourself as a man, the more you can hold your feminine part. And he puts feminine in quotes. In quotes, right? Your feminine partner with love and respect, just as she is. So I'm the perfect partner for my wife, as I get to train and practice finding out who she is in this moment and the next. She shows me exactly where I'm weak. I need this feedback so I can continue to become who I am. She also helps me teach this relationship stuff with laziness and more precision because she's not that simple. Wait, you did you say with laziness? With less laziness. With less laziness. Um, she helps me with this. I think I forgot the less. Mm-hmm. She helps me. T- she helps me teach this relationship stuff with less laziness and more precision. Nice. Because she's not that simple. You are not that simple. Humans are not that simple. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of redoes it. So let's do the last paragraph. So brother, he says, 
Stay as present as you can with the moving target of your woman and stop making any of her waves a problem. Mm -hmm. She's just helping you grow and live into yourself more fully. Instead of complaining, try thanking her instead. Mm. That's the uh, very evolved. Right. Because... That's really evolved. It is very evolved because it's not like when you're riding a wave and you're feeling a little afraid or unsure that you're like, thank you for this. It's yeah. very hard to do it in the moment, but it sure feels good when you get through something. Yeah, it it's, um, deepens your relationship. It does. For the better. And it's these, you know, the reason that you and I are as healthy as we are is one is because we both work on ourselves and two, we work on our relationship and it is, it's the, it's, it's how we work through a discussion at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. It's not like the big dates. It's not the big vacations. It's not the big losses of grieving when something bad happens. It's the everyday occurrences. Mm -hmm. And it's tricky. It can be. Um, But I even, even though, again, this isn't really you saying that word, you're not wrong for saying it, but I think we need to take a lot of that, this is hard, this is tricky, this is difficult out of it and have an isness to it. Because it can be all those words that I said, but if you perceive all of this to be a problem and that there's somebody out there who will understand you better and that this shouldn't be this way and and we've been married this long so he or she should get this by now, you're misunderstanding – human beings relationships with each other like there are people that can be together 55 years and still be like i don't know what she's thinking i don't know what he's thinking and that unpredictability can keep your passion alive Mm -hmm. if we get to a place where i know everything you're thinking all the time and that boring right or you're like oh i know how kathy's going to react to every single situation every time boring Boring. And that doesn't mean I bring in volatility or you bring in volatility for that reason. It's human nature. But if you come in authentic, that's going to be natural. You don't need to create anything. It just is you're having a, a real experience in the moment. And that in itself helps you grow and learn and connect and be intimate. We are, We try and dumb down things and box them in. It's part of the reason why... We don't just do this in our partnerships. We do this with our kids. We yeah. label them. You're my athletic one. You're my smart one. You're my silly one. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then if they venture out of that box, we're like, wait, I don't know who you are. Wait, who said you could do that? Wait, you can't quit soccer. You're my athletic one. You. We don't allow people to be their full selves. Yeah. And when in labels, like you, us labeling the people we love makes us feel comfortable because then we think we have them understood and contained. Right. Like now, and it's all about us filling our own comfort. Correct. And so in a relationship, the best thing you can do, and again, we say this all the time, set them free. You know, Todd, you're free. Like if you decide tomorrow, you're like, there's other things I'm thinking about or whatever. I will have my own emotional reaction of, okay, okay, now I need to like gear, you know, l- really listen to this and figure this out. But you are free to do that. Or to have a sadness or to have a happiness or to – because for me to be like, but, you know, we figured this out yesterday. You shouldn't feel this way anymore. Mm -hmm. Then I am constricting you. Shutting me down. And you're not free. Right. And when do people feel most loved? When they're free. When they're free. What was the – you just talked about a movie quote about a month ago. Uh, It was Beauty and the Beast. Yes. 
is cool. my favorite quote in the movie. What is it? I can't I, I, I can't remember it exactly, but it was some oh, I know what it was. Beauty was leaving the beast because the beast, you know, said, um, aren't you, you know, I'm gonna let you go. But then he said, Aren't you happy here? Mm-hmm. Like why are why are you leaving this castle when we're getting along so well? And I mean the beast didn't go all deep out like this, but <laughs> he's like, Aren't you happy here? And she said, Belle said, Can anyone be truly happy if they're not free? Right. Because free is where we feel alive. And it's if we're trying to tamper ourselves down to make sure that everybody else feels comfortable and that we like just lock in this sense of security. Something that's going to break. That's like, what's the word where something gets so tight and you keep tightening something so it busts? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not real. You well, know, what I was going to say is like, a, it's a bottleneck. If you, and when I say bottleneck, it is a constrictor of who you are. Yes. And if we have these bottlenecks inside of us, our our wellness is is... There's a kink in the hose. Correct. I'm trying to yes. think of a metaphor to use. Well, and then and it doesn't let things flow freely. And if you can't do that, you can't truly be in a deep, authentic relationship with anybody. If you're, if you got all this stuff going inside of you. Yeah. If there's a, and don't you see how then there's a kink in the hose, so that causes us to be angry at the person we're talking to. But it's really not about the thing that we're talking about. It's the fact that we feel the kink. Right. And so then even the arguments we're having aren't authentic. Mm-hmm. They're based on something about that something aren't else. true. Well, it's like when your kid melts down because, you know, um, they're worried about a quiz or something like that. Odds are it goes much deeper than yes, that. There's I other agree. things going on in your kid's life. But I want to share one last thing or one other thing because okay. we're getting kind of into the show. Um, so I love, this is a really healthy discussion, but, um, I want to give the guys or the girls the how to, it's like, how do you kind of fix this, not fix this, but, you know, establish present or invest in your relationship and things like that. And one word that I, that everybody loves is the word love, but instead I want to use the word cherish Mm. because cherish kind of has a different meaning. Love gets used. It's on every greeting card you ever Mm -hmm. see. Cherish is a word that uh, means uh, it's just has a special meaning to me, and it's something that I'm going to try to do more. So we need to cherish our partner. So so what does that mean? Um, if you cherish is a verb, it's mm-hmm. not because a lot of us guys will be like, well, she knows I love her. Mm-hmm. I don't need to tell her. Guys, you need to tell your girls that you love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to do more than just that. You need to cherish them. You need to shower them with with loving acts and loving words and whatever love language they choose to uh, communicate in, whether it's touch or words of affirmation or acts of service. You need to figure out the love language of your partner and then use that love language to shower them with these emotional deposits. Because if you could... If you could do that or gratitude towards your partner. I was going to say, I feel like cherish and gratitude are very, are they may be not completely synonymous because there's a, a little bit of a different output there, but <clears throat> it's the same thing. Mm. If you can have the recognition, I feel like cherish, like you said, is the action of gratitude. Well, and um, I talked to you about this, but in this webinar with Terry Real, uh, he talked about a plant that was in his office. Yeah, I well, liked that. I love the plant. You know, the plant's great, but the plant just doesn't grow by itself. Mm-hmm. The plant needs sun and soil and water and... And air, you have to talk to it. Yeah, you need to talk to it and all that. But yet we think that our wives are just supposed to know that we love them without doing anything 
overtly for them. Like guys would be like, oh, well, I work hard. I go to work every day and bring home money. Yeah. I have a paycheck. That is how I show my love. Guys, that's not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. That is a symptom of an unhealthy marriage. If the only way that you show your love is by working hard and making a lot of money. Believe me, most women would prefer you make less money and cherish them more Mm -hmm. emotionally than more money and cherish less. And there's probably a lot of guys that are laughing right now because they don't understand their wife and they think their wife is motivated by the amount of stuff that they could buy, Mm -hmm. but they're not. And they tell themselves that story. I hear that a lot from men that I work with, you know, or talk to about, well, that's really all they want anyway. Right. Well, maybe that's what they're pulling from because that's all that's available. Right. Like, can we then go on a trip as long as, you know, yeah, this is the best I got. This is the best I got. I'll pull from it. Well, then can we get a new car then? You know, and these maybe more surfacey things. But I think the thing about partnership or our children or anybody you're in relationship with, it doesn't really matter, is what helps people grow and thrive is relationship and connection and authenticity and being able to be intimate with somebody. And that's what makes the change. And when Todd was talking about the plant, he and I had a long conversation about the plant the other night. We're not saying that a human being is a plant. We're saying that a lot of times we don't take responsibility for what's really necessary to make something grow. Okay. Sometimes we'll just say, well, the plant's in my office, so it'll be fine. You know, I gave the plant a place to live, so it'll be fine. Well, it needs more than that. Like anything that's alive needs, you know, we all know the, um, the stories of babies when they're born, we know research is that you have to touch their head and you have to talk to them and you, or else they, they die. Failure to thrive is a real thing. Like human beings need that kind of nurturing and that kind of cherishing. And that doesn't end when you get older. Well, one last how to, because I love how to's like, tell me how to do it. You treat your, your partner at the same way at the at the end of the relationship as you did at the beginning of the yes, relationship. Because yes. if you do that, there will be no end. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, I do. I think it's a great quote. And I think it's... A- and I don't, I don't like that quote specific, specifically because it says the end of the relationship. It's more like right now, treat your partner as if you were just meeting them, yes. courting them. Yes. So not the end, but where you are right now. With the healthiness... I'm sorry, I keep coughing. With the healthiness of the years that you've shared together, meaning it's gotten richer and richer and richer because you've had all this time and these years and these memories together, but then continue to treat them to the best of your ability. There's not every day is going to be this way, but it is your go-to place. It's like, it's your roadmap. It's your compass. Cherish is your compass. So it's like, You'll have days where you're not in that mode or things are busy or things are chaotic. And then you're like, okay, how do we how do we solve this or how do we get back to basics? Cherish. You get back to connection. You get back to conversation. Those, like Todd said, they are the tools. Um, and I think a lot of times the things we hear, um, oh, I had something so important. While you're thinking of yes, it. Yes, go ahead. There's um, a YouTube clip that I think is hilarious. And this is more about intimacy and sex and all that. But if you YouTube the bird of paradise and its colorful courtship <laughs> dance. I love him. There's this male bird that does this dance to attract female birds that are in the neighborhood. And 
I, when I'm talking to men's groups, I, I sometimes use this because we used to do that when we were courting our partner. You know, we used to put on cologne and get our hair cut and work out. And now that we're 40s or 50s or 60s or whatever, we don't do any of those things anymore. So no kidding, your partner isn't going to be attracted to you because you're not trying. So we got to you gotta, it's, it's a really hilarious dance by the way, but, um, that's just another example of how things shift. You got to treat your relationship as if it's still the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, uh, one thing I was going to say is about a year ago, Todd and I were getting, I wouldn't say inundated, but we got a lot of emails from people who said, I like your show, but you guys annoy me because Todd calls you sweetie all the time. Stop doing it. Stop doing that. And I'll listen more. And first of all, we weren't really even recognizing that because that's if you were at our house, we rarely call each other by our first names anyway. So we're not doing that for you guys. Um, But why does that bother someone that we would – and again, I'm not really asking the question, Todd, because I know we've talked through this already. But question that. When you hear people love each other and speak words of endearment to each other, why does that piss you off? Why does that make you so uncomfortable? And that's a good question – to go to rather than to say, Kathy and Todd, stop it. Right. Why does this make you uncomfortable? Well, I, I could. T- I know you're not asking for me to answer, but uh, the reason it took me a while to get to the sweetie place mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. because there's a, t- a, a non PC term like you're whipped. Like, and if I said, if I was at the bar with my buddies when you and I first started dating and I said, my sweetie, <laughs> they'd be like, this dude's whipped. And then my friend Pat Hines, who's uh, an older guy, he's in his 60s, he always used to refer to his wife Rhonda, or he still does, as I have to check with my sweetheart, my sweetie. And I'm like, wow. It's lovely. I loved that. I know. So then I started doing it. Right. And and it was, you know, the Brady Bunch thing. Yeah. It, it happened naturally. Todd yeah. didn't come home one day and say, I'm going to call you. Like any nickname, right. you don't know how it starts or, you know. But there's, I think there's such a beauty. There's like this place on the other side where the whole whipped thing or, you know, it's it's old. It's your 20s. It's not now. Right. And you are still living from that place of I fear what other men think about me. I have to uphold the sense of I am the powerful one. I would never feel that way or say those things. And you're doing that and harming your relationship in the process. You, you may be feeling that you're maintaining some sense of um, guy code, mm-hmm. but really you're ending up hurting the person that you're living your life with. And- you know, it's it's just something to like. One of my favorite scenes in um, Field of Dreams is, I think it's Burt Lancaster who plays what's his name Moondance Mo- Moon Moonlight Graham Moonlight Graham, and he, he you never see his wife, but when he he ends up you know only he doesn't get to play in the big leagues he ends up becoming a doctor, um, and they find him and he the story about him is that. Every, I don't know if it was every day or every month or whatever, he would buy his wife a blue hat on his way home from work. And that when he passed away, there was like closets full of blue hats that Mm. he had bought her. And he always called her his sweetheart. And he just loved her. It was not, you don't look at an old man and say, oh, he's whipped. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. Like you say, they have a healthy relationship and they care for each other. And, and, 
you know, we're uh, still playing by the rules of, of our the, 20s. the morning of our life. The morning yes. of our life is say zero to 30. Yep. And now we're in the afternoon of our lives, 30 to 60. But a lot of us guys who are in our 30s or 40s or 50s are still playing by these same rules. And they don't, they no longer they don't serve apply. us. Um, so the reason I started calling Sweetheart Sweetie is a Brady Brunch episode where uh, Bobby goes on a date with, uh, Greg is on a date with Rachel mm-hmm. and Bobby tags along because he lost a bet or something. Mm-hmm. So I think I found the part where no he way. actually, so I think so. Let's see. In my rain. You wouldn't want sweetie pie to get wet, would you? There you go. That's it. I we found say it. that all the time to each other. So it's actually not. So he says sweetie pie, but I. But just that's how agree. you started. Oh, did you I? You would call me sweetie pie. You yeah. would want sweetie, sweetie pie, pie to get, get wet, wet, would you? It's a funny episode. I know. Because uh, then uh, Bobby <laughs> lifts the umbrella. Li- the umbrella is up, and then Greg closes the top, and it gets stuck in the roof, the canvas roof of the convertible. Yes. Poor guy. <laughs> Greg always got like the good car and the good outfits and the good. He's Johnny tar. Bravo, man. I know, I know. I want to pull up Moonlight Graham, but it might take me a while. So maybe next week. Yeah. It, um. Real quick. Uh, so do you want to tie up any loose ends we have on this relationship discussion? Because we got to go. Uh, no. The, well, yes. I think the last thing I'll say is something I've said five times through this conversation, but it's the most important thing is there is no solving this. Um, there is no day where you're like, I've got it. Check it off the list. There is no time where you will say, I know exactly everything there is to know about this person. You may know a ton. I know a ton about Todd. Todd and I will have an experience and we'll say the same quote at the same time, or he'll we'll see something and I'll say to myself, I know exactly what Todd's going to say. He is predictable in some ways, but not in every way. And I'm the same way. There's some ways I am predictable. But it's the paradox of I can be predictable and unpredictable, and so can he, and that that is okay. That's what that's the most important part of this conversation. Not only that, it's okay that that's the way it ought. It should to be. be. It's an isness. Right now, I am not responding the way you thought I would, and that's okay. Rather than why aren't you responding the way I thought you would? Exactly. That argument is worthless. But there are some things that I don't have to figure out. I know as long as I keep you warm and feed your tummy with yummy food, (laughs) that's really kind of all I need to do as a husband. Well, and vice versa. Right. Like it's, you know, and I I know that you think I'm qualifying a lot, but that's not your job. That is my job to take care of myself and to make sure I eat. But what you do is the way you cherish Mm -hmm. is, you know, Todd will bring me a piece of cake from Portillo's occasionally on a weekend. And that's huge. Or like- Right now, Todd loves these sheets on her bed that I just do not like. I thought you just said you like. I love the ones we have now. Right. I oh. don't like those other ones. You like? I, yeah, I like the slippery ones. He likes these slippery sheets that they're I. They're so not silk, soft. but they're they're so annoying and they fall down. And we use them a lot. Yeah, like they fall off the bed. They're they fall so off slippery. The bed, right. And I'm like wasted. Feel like I'm on a cloud. Right. And I feel like I'm just slipping. Yeah. Like it's, you like the sheets have the little. The t-shirt sheets. No, yeah, but they're, we've washed them so much that it's abrasive. It's like sandpaper. Well, those I love and you don't like. That's just, I like that. Sen- I, that's just a sensory thing for me. But those I don't have on the bed right now. What I have on are new t-shirt sheets and they're so soft. Yeah, those are good. And I was like, Todd, I would really like to put these on the bed. And he's like, fine, that's fine. Like you didn't really care. And that makes me happy. Like, I, and so someone will say, well, that's just such a small thing. It's teeny. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's not just me. I think that most people, if we like 
Because Todd's like, that's fine. I, I will let go of the slippery sheets so you can have these sheets. And that's huge. Yeah, there's certain things I really don't. I mean, I have an opinion about, but I don't really care if it goes the other way. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, there's things that is are super important to Todd, um, especially his need to be out with people where sometimes I don't need that. And so if I was to be in that kind of place where I'm like, no, you can't go do that because I'm not, then I would be infringing on his freedom. Right. Like I would be, and again- Asking me to be somebody I'm not. He's not. Now- and I'm not trying to break this open again because I know we're finishing, but let me be clear. There is a healthy balance in there. Right. That doesn't mean that you live separate lives and you say, you know, sometimes our pendulum swings so far yeah. where when I say something like give them freedom, it's like, well, then they can go out every night and be gone every weekend. No. Well, it also depends on what the act is. If I'm out getting drunk, playing golf with the guys three nights a week, of course that's not going to work. Right. But if I, you know, I do, I am much more social. I like to have breakfast with my buddies. I like to go play basketball with my buddy. Like as long as there's a balance to everything, even everything. if you're doing healthy stuff, because sometimes you can go like, oh, well, I'm a runner. So I'm going to run every evening for two and a half hours and, and, and ignore you disregard other my things. family. Exactly. That doesn't work. No. But conversely, if you go out on a Friday night and have a few pops with your buddies, that's not the end of the world either. A few it's, pops? Yeah. Pops <laughs> means like booze drinks. Oh, not soda it does? Pops. I thought you meant yeah, like soda. No. I've never heard that. No. Sometimes you have these sayings and I'm like, I just never heard that. Um, so we got to move. To where? We um, got to go to Yoda. So, so right? the first thing is, oh, quick uh, movie quote thing. You ready? Okay. You did a great job on that, so you don't realize how good you look. Do you like it? It's not Kmart. How could you not like that suit? You look fantastic, Ray. How could you not like that suit? It's not a Kmart suit. Let me let you know a little secret, Ray. Yeah. Kmart sucks. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. For the record, we don't think Kmart sucks. Um, that's Raymond. All airlines have crashed at one time yeah. or another. That doesn't mean that they are not safe. Qantas. Qantas? Qantas never crashed. Never crashed. Never crashed. She gave me a pen. She gave me my heart and she gave me a pen. Who's that? That's Lloyd Dobler. From, oh, Lloyd Dobler, all right. From what? Say anything. I don't want to sell anything buy anything or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Lloyd. Last one. Oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. The donga <laughs> need food. That's one of the best quotes of all time. <laughs> Lake. What's that from, Sadie? That's 16 Candles, which we have had all these times that we're like, let's watch 16 Candles with the kids. And then Todd and I'll be like, well, wait, what about not, that one not scene? Not close to appropriate. Well, but I watched it when I was in seventh or eighth Sweetie, grade. it's not about whether we watched it. The question is, is it appropriate for a <laughs> nine-year-old, 12-year-old, well, nine and 14-year-old? 14-year-old, yes. 12-year-old? There's some yeah. crazy stuff that happens in that movie. Farmer Ted waking up in the convertible I with know. the girl. Well, that's the thing is that movie is not PC. Not even now. close. It doesn't quite hold up. It, it holds up in my memory, meaning I still have love for it. But yes. Um, so we do have a review. I don't. I didn't forward this to you. It's the shortest review we've ever gotten. Oh, let's hear it. And the handle is Lara F12. Oh, I know who that is. They're ready for the review. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Do you think that's her? Probably. Might be our friend. 
That's nice of her to do. Totally nice of her to do. Didn't, you know, sometimes less is more. Yeah. and Fantastic. Who knows about that, that algorithm? All we know is that for Zen Parenting, actually Zen Parenting has been in like the top 20 of hot, what's hot for about four years. Yeah. Did you know that? No. And I think that's because of the reviews. And Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty. He does painting, remodeling, basements, kitchens, additions, you name it. Um, and that's avidco.net, 630-956-1800. So avidco.net. Thank you, Jeremy. He's a bald-headed beauty. So this is the show that you guys can take in the car with you when you're going on a road trip with your spouse yeah. or your partner and say, let's listen to this together and have a conversation about what they're talking about. You don't have to agree with everything we said. It just allows you to open up this conversation about how to cherish, cherish each other, listen to each other, and why in every situation with our significant other, there's an isness and a willingness to be present. Hallelujah. Yes. Keep, keep trucking, everybody. Have a good week. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us. Hey, looking for more support, exclusive content, and an awesome community of parents? Join Team Zen, where you'll get zero pressure and 100% support. First month's free if you enter the coupon code FRIEND. Go to zenparentingradio.com. Time is at a premium these days, which is why we're delivering help and hope right to your inbox. Sign up to receive Zen Parenting Moment, a quick read two times a week that helps ground you and remind you of what you already know. Go to zenparentingradio.com to subscribe. A special shout out to the guys or for women who want to share a pretty great opportunity with the men in their lives. Men Living is committed to improving men's lives through connection. Included in our program is a low-pressure, 75-minute weekly virtual gathering for men to give and get support and build friendships. If you want to learn more, you can head to menliving.org. Join us for our other podcast, Pop Culturing, where we take a Gen X view on movies and TV and have fun breaking down key moments and the themes that teach us what it means to be human. And don't forget about our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft at avidco.net. He is a bald-headed beauty, painting and remodeling throughout Chicago and area. His number is 630-956-1800. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep on trucking.